Jesus goes with me. And you don't want to go anywhere. You won't find the Lord Jesus Christ. do give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning. We honor Mother Johnson and Mother Scudder. We honor Elder Reynolds and Elder Warrington, Chairman Warrington, and Minister Willie Moore. Our very fine deacons, our privileged children, the saints of the Most High God, Our friends this morning. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Being a prayer answer. Uh, we're here this morning. Because Jesus allowed us to be here and gave us a mind. He woke us up, gave us a mind. To come in and worship. Amen. Jesus is worthy of all the praise and the worship that you can give him. Uh, not just some. All the praise. Uh, he's that kind of a God. And we don't want to ever forget that. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for touching Sister Booth's son. Uh, he's home to, on yesterday, so that uh, is something that gets sick, especially at the holidays. Holidays are always something, you know, you don't want to associate it with, with being sick, but it happens. But Jesus is able to deliver. He's able, he's, able, he's able to do that. Um, and of course, uh, we do praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that. We thank the Lord Jesus Christ for uh, prayer service. Friday night, I don't know if y'all felt the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he was right here. Right here. That, that's a, you know, you say, you feel the presence of Jesus, but then when you get it like that, you understand what's going on. And just encourage the seekers to keep crying out. As Jesus is able. Just hold on. Just keep calling. And he's actually going to come in. He's going to save you. And you're just seeking like that. Lay aside every weight. And don't let anything get on your nerves. That's it. I just want to put it like that. You know, don't let nothing mess you up. Mess up with your mind. Uh, keep your mind on Jesus. He's able to do that. Let's look this morning. I, I, I've been fighting with this one. We'll do it. We'll start from here. Uh, St. Luke 16. Uh, 16th chapter, verse 19. And let's go through this. I want to... What is it... Uh, my soul, what is it worth? So, 
we'll just read from here for a while. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that I may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I want to use a context this morning. We would use St. Matthew 16, 26. It says, for, for what is it a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Oh, so... Oh, You want to look at this from the from the from the perspective of the of the rich man, and uh, what does it what does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? And then another question probably would be, what is your soul worth? <laughs> what, what is it worth? Uh, we look at uh, the scientific community says that your body, your body's chemical elements only worth about $3 <laughs> if you take it and just make it down to nothing. 
those elements, and they could just derive all the elements in your body and go to the marketplace and sell it. You'd probably get about $3, and then somebody said $5. But I didn't see any figure bigger than $5. And this is as of 2021, I think is where I was reading. Uh, but your parts, your body parts are worth more than that. If you could sell a kidney, uh, that's worth about seventeen or $18,000. If you could sell your heart, uh, that's worth $1 million. But you won't be able to benefit it from it. <laughs> I don't know if y'all caught that. I don't <laughs> you sell your heart. It's worth a million dollars, but you won't be able to get anything out of it. Uh, those people that are closest to you, uh, they'll be able to live good for a million dollars. So what would a man give in exchange for his soul? What is the soul worth? Uh, well, it's a real simple answer. What was it purchased with? What was the purchase? The blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has no value. Uh, it's immeasurable. That's why it's, 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 it, it, we encourage you. Once you've come into the knowledge of the truth, you really don't want to give it up. It's the most valuable thing that you could ever have in your whole lifetime. Scripture says God purchased the church with his own blood. And now if you have a uh, confusion about who God is, it was only Jesus was the one that shed his blood. Jesus is God. So the soul is an immeasurable monetary portion of who we are. You can't measure it uh, in the dollar value. Uh, the soul is the seat of all your affections. It's the part that becomes spiritual. Uh, it says it's rational. This is one of these definitions I'm looking at. If the soul was rational, it would actually make a decision to say, well, I want to be saved and stay there and not deviate if it was rational. Uh, this writer says, it's the immortal part of man. And as you saw in uh, the scriptures from uh, St. Luke, it's going to live somewhere. <laughs> Um, the beggar lived in the bosom of Abraham. Uh, he made true the scripture that says to be absent from the body 
is to be present with the Lord. And of course, the, the one who dines sumptuously, the one who had everything, uh, he had a place to go to. And it's not a place where nobody wants to go. People say that they can go to hell and be able to, to endure. But it's not possible. Hell is a real place. The scriptures say that it's ever enlarging in itself. And it was created for Satan and his hosts. But also those who want to serve Satan. Everybody's going to have a home. Everybody's going to have a place. Uh, the decision is yours. It's ours. Where do you want to spend your life? Your eternal life. So the brother says, in these scriptures, he says, well, after he got there, he figured out he did not want to be there. But he was smart enough not to ask to leave. Because one thing about it, once you're there, you can't get out. <laughs> you have every opportunity to escape right now. Right now. Jesus equips us with everything that we need to escape hell. So somebody coming back from the dead telling you that don't work. Uh, they can walk through that door and tell you, I don't want to be there. You don't want to come where I am. That doesn't work. Uh, it's only through the scriptures. It's only through the teaching and preaching that you'll get an understanding where you actually don't want to go. See, everybody says that they're saved. Yeah, that's you know, that was all. That's always been a mantra of people you meet. You know, especially you get up a little age. Uh, young people don't necessarily want to say they're saved, but as you get a little older, people say, "Well, yeah, I'm saved." And uh, but I use the metric that uh, Bishop Johnson used to use. He says, "All I have to do is look at you." <laughs> And keep my mouth closed and watch. And you'll reveal yourself easy by what you do. See, salvation is a way of life, it's a way of living, it's a way of holiness. Uh, so if you're saved, you'll live a holy life. You know, I know folk mess up, but. You'll be trying to fill the cup more. As I tried to explain it to somebody not long ago uh, who looks at things negative. My cup just keeps getting empty and empty and empty. Well, look at it this way. I'm trying to get more into my cup. And I want to keep getting more into my cup. And when I finally get it full enough, when it gets up there to the point where my cup is full, I am completed. 
I've completed this, this, this run, this, this, whatever you want to call it, this task or this, this life. That's what I'm trying to get to. I've done all that I can and all that I needed to do. The psalmist says my cup runneth over. <laughs> you want to get it like that. Getting back to the thing of true holiness, that's what true holiness is. True holiness is looking for a way to serve Jesus 24-7. It says more. And I want more of Jesus. True holiness. True holiness not, it's fine in every opportunity that you have. Uh, to be pleasing to Jesus. Uh, this brother right here, he, he, he found every opportunity to, to party. <laughs> you don't want it to be said of you that you were at the party when the church was going on. Be surprised how that works. There's a scripture in the Old Testament. I haven't even gotten to that one yet. One, one day the Lord will give me the the mind to work through that thing that they rose up and played. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horrible thought. Yeah. After being in the presence, yeah. in, in the understanding of who Jesus is in the, in the Old Testament, that's what I'm talking about. And then they rose up and played. They wanted to be more carnal. They want to be carnal. They want to party. And Jesus has presented every opportunity to, for worship. There's a time and place for everything. <laughs> we used to laugh when we, uh, the picnics. How many times we went to a picnic once a year and you only played volleyball once a year. It was a time and place for it. And after, after the picnic was over, there were no volleyball teams for them so we could play volleyball every weekend or every Friday volleyball. But when we were out there, well, when you all were out there, I didn't get out there. When you were out there, you enjoyed it for the presence. But when it came down to church, there's no volleyball court in here. So that should give you some clue of what Jesus has a desire for us. There's a time and there's a place for everything. You had a desire to play volleyball? Yeah, Jesus make a way for you. My son, when he was in middle school, I think it was, and I had this discussion with one of the bishop wives many years ago. Her thing was, you don't let them do anything. And Jesus didn't give me that mind. He said, let, them, let him play with a stipulation. Stipulation is that it doesn't interfere with your church service. <laughs> You play, but it doesn't interfere with church service. Jesus wins out. 
if you leave it just like that. Because, see, I don't have to fight that battle. That battle is between Jesus and that person. Jesus wins out. Because that son is no longer playing basketball. Matter of fact, Jesus took the taste away from him. He wasn't that good, but he was good enough to do it. Jesus took the taste out of his mouth. Just the same way he takes the taste out of your mouth when you smoke and you drink and the Lord Jesus Christ gives you a mind of repentance and when you have a mind of repentance, he, 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 he takes the taste from you. You stop smoking right then and there. You stop drinking right then and there. There's no withdrawal. That's how powerful Jesus is. That's how powerful he is. He can, he can do it. You have a mind to. That's why the work at the altar itself is so important. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And see, the hard part for seekers is actually getting that to work. Trying to put it together, trying to, trying to put the mind where it should be, and the mouth doing what it's supposed to be doing. Because, see, why are you trying to call Jesus? It's everything else going on. There's a war going on. It's right there at the altar. It, 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 it can be anything, it can be an itch on your nose, a scratch, whatever, a sound in the room. Anything to distract you. Keep you from calling. I told my wife, uh, she said, why your blood pressure be up so high? <laughs> I said, because every little distraction makes it go up. <laughs> it's just that simple. I can be sitting there taking my blood pressure and I can hear this over there. And my mom would go, oh, what in the world is that? Or, uh, or I got to go fix something. Or something fell somewhere. Or she'll call my name about something. And uh, it automatically runs up 10 more points. <laughs> the instructions say, get in a quiet place. And so, <laughs> and no distraction. You wait five minutes and then you take your pressure. Now, if the noise and the distractions can mess your pressure up, imagine what happens down at this altar when you call on the name of Jesus. That devil is not through with you. You have to be fully persuaded. See, that thing of laying aside every weight, that's a serious thing. It's there for a reason. It's there to let you know it's a war going on. And you got to fight. You have to be committed to this. That's not only for the seekers, because we're all seekers. It's for everybody. You have to be fully persuaded with this. You have to be convinced that Jesus is the way, 
that Jesus has the Holy Ghost for you and that if I call the name of Jesus, he'll come in. Because see, while I'm calling, the word says he, he's knocking at my door and I have to open the door. <laughs> I have to actually do something while I'm calling. I have to be receptive to the, to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have to be receptive to his presence. I have to be receptive to, 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 to his blessing. He, he's trying to come into my mind. And he, he wants to save me. And I have to look at it like that. And then that's a continual thing. You always have to look at it like Jesus is there and he's trying to bless me and he's knocking. Even when you're in your bed late at night and you say, I can't sleep. Well, get up off your, out of your bed and get in your knees because somebody's knocking. It's Jesus. Jesus is knocking. He's trying to deal with our minds. He said he wants to sup with us. And we said sup is just a, a little term, a little bit. You can't take all of it at once. Sup. But the whole idea is trying to allow Jesus to do what he says he's going to do. He says he's going to lead and guide us into all truth. Well, he can't lead and guide you into all truth if you won't let him. <laughs> he's trying to deal with our minds. And, and, and the more we allow, because see, that's up to you. You can lay in the bed and say, I'm going to lay here until I fall asleep. Or maybe Jesus is saying something to me. Maybe I need to get up on my knees. <laughs> it don't have to be that you're sick. Uh, I was sick and I was getting up off my knees, uh, getting up my knees in the middle of the night and, and they didn't, nobody in my house knew I was on my knees. And I was putting out the fleece. Yes, the fleece. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I was doing the, the route that Gideon went. I was laying out the fleece. <laughs> I knew that I had a relationship with Jesus Christ and I wanted to lay the fleece out and I wanted to engage him in prayer to understand what was happening with my body. That's almost 30 years ago. <laughs> so Hezekiah well, turned his head to the wall and Jesus gave him 15. <laughs> I got on my knees and cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he gave me 30 going on whatever. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? That's what my soul is worth to Jesus. That he answers my prayer. It, 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 I know the physical part and the physical part is going to give up eventually all of us are going to go back to the dust but 
It's my soul that needs to live on. My soul. And because I've accepted the plan of salvation, my soul is covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what my soul is. And I keep renewing that 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 that, that relationship. I renew the relationship by calling on the name of Jesus. I got under the relationship because of repentance. I, I, I repented. I came out of the darkness doing the things that I was doing which wouldn't allow me to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know how it is. You know, you, you, the fellas have girlfriends and the, and, the, and, the, and the girls have boyfriends. You have to have only... You really just need one. <laughs> That's the way the, the thing goes. So you give up all the rest of them, forsake them, and you go with the one that you love. I had to forsake all the stuff that I was doing. Everything. I had to be sorry for messing up all that time. Because see, when you come in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and understand what's going on, you will be sorry. You'll be ashamed. I'm ashamed of the things that I could think about that I used to do. Sorrow. Godly sorrow. Repentance. And then he allows you to be baptized. And I say a lot because a lot of people don't, don't believe that. Go down in the water. Baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And finally, getting at that altar and calling the name of Jesus for the second part of the birth. Call him until he fill me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. See, every now you have to renew that, not the baptism, but the, 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 the part where you call Jesus. And you want to feel his presence. You, you want to feel him doing what he used to do back in the day. He said, well, is it still there? And, and you want to try that. You don't want to be afraid. Some folk are afraid to get down there and call Jesus. I mean, I mean Terry. Not, I'm not talking about uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus like that. I'm talking about calling call him. Just, you know, you just get down there. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And let it keep going. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And let it keep on going. Let Jesus prove himself to you. After all, that's how you receive the Holy Ghost. In faith, he'll do it for you again, just like that. In faith. So what is your soul worth? It's worth the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't look at it like that. It's worth the blood of Jesus Christ. Because he shed his blood for your soul. 
for my soul. He's big enough to shed his blood for all of us. And he shed it for those that are still yet coming. That's how big he is. You don't ever want to go back on him. You don't ever want to give up on him. Because he says everything. Everything is his. The earth. <laughs> the earth is the Lord's. So ain't nothing going to happen without Jesus. I wouldn't want to do anything without Jesus. I would want him to be present with everything. I, every, everywhere I'm going. You go to the doctor's office. Yeah, Jesus has to be there. When, when the man start talking too foolish, I get out of there real quick. <laughs> and my primary says, oh, you didn't like that one. I said, no, I didn't like it because all he was talking about was what you look like. My primary is a, is a lady. And, the, and she had referred me to this guy and he went over and all he was talking about, how good she, the, the lady looked. I said, what's that got to do with anything? I'm here for consult. I want to know what's going on with my body. You're talking about the lady. <laughs> you don't even let's call her up. But this is my time. <laughs> and she laughed and she said, Well, let me give you another one. <laughs> He's just as goofy as the other one was, so I don't know. Jesus has it all in control. But when somebody's talking about some woman and I'm in their office for, for, for uh, medical uh, advice, then ain't no Jesus in that. <laughs> That's the ultimate of carnality. I'm about finished. I got a couple more little things. <laughs> but you don't, want, you don't want to go to her. And Lord John said, if Jesus go with me, I go. Yeah, but you want, to be, you want him to be there already. <laughs> you want him to be sitting in a chair right beside uh, the man with the white coat on. Because you sure don't want to be in there and, 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 and the Lord Jesus Christ is not there. He says, uh, you know this thing about the soul, even the poets and the writers uh, know what we talk about when we talk about soul being eternal and the part that you don't see. This part that I, the shell, you see the shell that I live in, but you don't see the soul part. The soul has, is the, when Jesus gives us hope, it's for the soul. It's not for the, this part. Uh, Job gives a warning. He says, for what is the hope of the hypocrite? Everybody know what a hypocrite is, right? I ain't hear no Greek on him. Everybody know what a hypocrite is? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it says, though he had gained, when God take away his soul, there's no hope. If you don't have any hope, in other words, if you don't have Jesus living down on the inside of you, you, you don't want Jesus to come for your soul. You, you, don't want, you don't want that to happen. You want to get this thing right here uh, or else you'd be dining with the rich man or living with the rich man in hell. You got to get it right here. 
Jesus gives us ample time. Plenty of room to get it right. Uh, he even gives you a pastor to the point, to the point where uh, I'll give you space. Uh, I could fuss at a whole lot of stuff. And some of the stuff that I hear sometimes, I said, it hurts me to my heart. Uh, people saying things about people and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, this shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. You say you love Jesus, you love his people. And you, you can't decide. You can't judge like that. You love Jesus, you have to love his people. You can't just love the ones you want to love. <laughs> it's all of them. Everybody. It, it can be troubling sometimes. I know the one who can change it. Y'all keep me on my knees for that part, too. <laughs> the only thing I've avoided is staying out of that office like that. Using my office is right up here. And these three chairs on this side and these three chairs on that side. That's my office. Because I have such a fear of going into the office. I, I usually make my office right here. Um, Jesus giving me the mind for that part. So you have to be, you have to actually want this. This, this is not, it's not, this is not a game. And uh, I don't know how to make it even to the point where you understand that it's not a game. Uh, and just keep saying it over and over and over again until your mind gets the message. This is not a game. This, this is it. There's no do-over. Uh, there's no going home and asking your wife to pray for you or your daughter to pray for you or your son to pray for you or your husband to pray for you. It don't work like that. This is a personal relationship between you and Jesus Christ. And you got to get it right right here. You got to get it right. It's no time for something later. So when I hear this stuff that goes on sometimes between us, I say, don't they know that the soul is just hanging in the balance? And I asked the Lord, I said, well, don't they know that this is not a game? This is serious. This is the most serious thing that any of us can do. And we have to get it right. Have to get it right. Romans says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, that'll give you an understanding how it works like that. Shall, tri such, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword so the writer gives you a good menu of things and he says for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come 
Then he says, no height, no depth, nor any other creature. If Elvis Scudder don't want to go, don't you think I'm not going to run out there after her? I pray for her. <laughs> I can't let the creature separate me. With the word says, he says, you want to be, uh, creatures shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I know she feels the same way. If, if, if I go back doing this, whatever the foolishness I used to do, she ain't coming out there with me. She got better sense than that. I already tried that one when I was in California. I said, don't you want to come out here with me? And I'll, I'll, I was promising a whole bunch of stuff that I couldn't do. But I still was doing it. You know, when the brothers be rapping, they be rapping. And I was rapping hard. It's a, come on to California. Look, 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 look. The sun going down into the ocean. Any of y'all been up to Palisbury? You stand up on the peninsula. You know what I'm talking about. The sun just dropping down in the ocean. Don't you want to be out here? She said, no. <laughs> Let no creature separate you from the love of Christ. Then later on, Paul, in the 15th chapter, he says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. <laughs> believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why I try to get you to understand. You get down there, you call in the name of Jesus, you don't want to be messing up. You don't want to get down there and all of a sudden start, you know, people come in from the, well, y'all don't do it like they used to do back in the day. They come in from the street, and the first time they get at the altar, and they're speaking in tongues. <laughs> There's no such thing. You, you, you have dragged everything that was out there in here with you, and you're going to tell me you that spiritual? It, it, ain't, it, it ain't so. It, it, it ain't so. You got to get down there. You know, like the, you just got to prime the pump. You got to warm it up. <laughs> you got to call the name of Jesus. You just get a little slow and Jesus, 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 Jesus. You got to think about it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You got to thank him. Jesus. I thank you. I, 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 I thank you for, for keeping me, for allowing me to get down at this altar. You ain't got to acknowledge what he's done for you. I praise you for bringing me out of that darkness. I praise you for what you've done for me. And along by then, you can start calling him. And you can still keep calling because you, you acknowledge who Jesus is, and, and, and you told him that he is God, and, and them demons that came in here with you, they're going to sit down for a while. <laughs> they're going to go over and sit down and let you call Jesus. 
if you keep getting that pump going on real good, and then you just keep calling Jesus, then demons will get up and they'll go wait for you outside. <laughs> they'll leave you alone. And then the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ will come in. I'm telling you what I know. And what he's done for one, he will certainly do for the other. That's why we encourage you. Keep calling Jesus. Life is in Jesus. It's not in any other. Neither is our salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. He said.